everything we do is sports. Um, we, we live, breathe, eat, sleep sports every single day. Um, so, you know, when, when you do that, it allows us to go very deep, you know, not, not maybe potentially not as wide, although it is pretty wide. If you think about sports, we go, you know, very deep and, and, and being domain focused, um, allows us to, you know, increase our hit rate or try and identify interesting opportunities, build, uh, theses in the, in the, um, in the industry. We're extremely thesis driven in, in the way that we invest. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech, here is your host, Ron Maholtra. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. This is Ron, and I'm recording this episode actually from Hong Kong. I'm going to date this episode a bit because I'm here as part of our collaboration with a very cool uh, sports tech investor group here in Hong Kong called Aqua Bloom, Aqua Bloom Sports Tech Group. We're doing a small networking event where we're connecting to a bunch of new investors here. So if you're interested, if you're from the region, feel free to reach out to us and, and, and have a chat. Um, but speaking of investors, speaking of new ones and old ones, we've got from, uh, I've got a really cool partner with you today. We've got Max Elstein, VP from Elysian Park uh, Ventures. Elysian Park have been OGs of the sports tech investment landscape, uh, ranging from companies like DraftKings and Freeletics um, in the past to more interesting new deals, um, such as breakaway data or the gist. Uh, women, uh, sports by women, for women, uh, together, together XR as well. So we've got a fantastic portfolio of companies. I'm really excited to have Max on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Max. Yeah, great. Thank you for having me. Uh, fan of the show. Happy to be here. So uh, looking forward to the conversation and impressive knowledge of the portfolio out of the gate. So um, thanks for teeing it up. <laughs> well, I have to ask, Max, are you genuinely a fan of the show? Or are you just being nice to me? No, I, I mean, we have partners that have been on the, I am genuinely a fan of the show. Um, I know Anthony of Fit Insider has been on the show and um, Fielding from the Global Sports Venture Studio. So I've been tuning yeah. in um, to kind of hear our, you know, broader, um, you know, friends of Elysian that have, uh, that have joined you so far. So um, definitely a fan of the show and definitely happy to be here. Appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words, Mike. Max, not to put you on the spot, but yeah, that's the kind of banter that we go for. Um, <laughs> but before before we get into the actual, like, let's say, story of Legion Park and especially the new venture, EP Golf Ventures, which is the, yeah. the latest fund which was announced, let's say, mid of last year. It's been a while. But as part of this kind of flow of new funds that we're seeing enter the sports tech space, I'm really curious to get your perspective on that. But like I said, before we get there, I always start with the person that I'm talking to. I want to know about your journey because I know you've been at Elysian Park for a while now, grown through the ranks from associate to VP last year. Congratulations on that. But tell me about your journey, about what attracted you to sports tech and specifically to Elysian Park. Yeah, thank you. So, um I, so I should start, you know, I, I'm from New York. I, I currently work out of New York. I know Elysian Park in the um, 
we have sort of a, a foothold and and a footprint in in LA and on the West Coast. I'm personally in New York. I went to NYU and at NYU I studied uh, sports management. So um, getting into sports, breaking into the business of sports, has always been um, a goal of mine. Um, immediately after NYU, I um, I worked at a firm called Guggenheim Partners in, in their investment banking group focused on TMT, which is technology, media, and telecom. And what attracted me to Guggenheim initially is they were doing a lot of M&A and investment banking in the sports industry. So that was, um, you know, for me, a conduit or a way for me to build a financial skill set, but also do it in the in the industry or in industries that are adjacent to uh, the one I was personally interested I also played sports growing up. You know, basketball was my sport. So I've always been sort of in and around the sports industry, kind of wanted to make a career out of it. So Elysian Park was a um, a perfect fit for me just in terms of my personal interest and background. Um, so I started there about five or six years ago. Uh, at the time, um, you know, the sports um, landscape was very different. I think a lot of the, my friends and Sports management were, you know, trying to become sports agents or they were working in, you know, ticket sales at, you know, the Mets or the Yankees, marketing for Nike and Adidas. Um, at the time, things were very different. DraftKings was just a small daily fantasy sports player, um, you know, introducing something new to the market, which was daily fantasy sports, which no one had ever heard of. Peloton had a Kickstarter campaign uh, that they had just launched for a, for a cool new bike. I don't think anyone knew what an NFT was at the time. Um, so when I started, things were very different. Um, but I, I knew this was kind of an industry, um, that, that was sort of primed for, for growth. It had been attracting some capital at the time. And, and I was able to kind of meet the, the founders of Elysian Park early on. And, um, I started there about five or six years ago. And since then, um, yeah, the, the, the industry has really exploded. I don't think people, a lot of people know what an NFT really is even now. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. But as you as you said rightly right at the end, this industry really has exploded. I mean, I went through Elysian Park's uh, portfolio a bit at the start. I mean, obviously you guys are really well known. Um, one of a couple of funds I won't name to uh, the others, but uh, one of a couple of funds that I really follow because I found your investment activity super interesting. It's it's kind of funny because I'll usually find a startup that I like or like kind of tracking or seeing in the news a bit. And maybe three months later, six months later, I'll see a funding round and say, oh, Elysian Park is in there. Of course, these guys are on the radar. So kudos to you and the team for some amazing deal flow. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you have seen this, your investment thesis evolve over the last five, six years as this space has continued to evolve. In our reports, we talk about it a lot. Like um, I think 2016, 17, 18, sports tech globally was attracting three, four billion, maybe five billion tops. And we were like in investment in startups. And we we're saying, okay, that's a good, strong number. And then post-COVID, bang, we saw this huge takeoff crossing 10 billion um, in 2021. In 2022, also nearly touched 10 billion as per our numbers, which I really trust and believe. So clearly there's been a real upswing um, in sports tech and a lot of new entrants, new funds playing in the space. So how has that affected your investment thesis uh, how do you view the sector? What kind of industries or areas are you especially bullish about? Yeah, that's a uh, really interesting question. I think there are a few elements in there that are uh, pertinent to uh, Elysian Park. I think, you know, just to pull it back, you know, Elysian was founded in 2014 
in 2014, excuse me, as a global strategic investment platform that was, you know, focused on the intersection of sports technology and entertainment. Um, that is still true. Um, but I think our new focus or what we sort of, you know, a dedicated new areas of focus for us or how we describe our areas of focus is now what we call sports plus. And that's sports plus technology, sports plus health, sports plus culture and sports plus commerce. I think, you know, the first phase of Elysian Park was very sports technology heavy. Um, and I think that, you know, as we were you know discussing earlier, that that just where the sports industry was at the time. It was all the opportunities were within what we'd call just traditional sports tech. I think that sort of expanded and continues to expand into into areas that are um, equally as interesting as technology, um, which is still a big area of focus for us. Um, for things like culture, and which we saw a lot it could start during the COVID pandemic, as, as things were happening, if you saw the, you know, Michael Jordan documentary and like what that meant for for culture, that's just one example of a lot of different cultural opportunities in sports. And nothing can grab a cultural zeitgeist like like sports can. So you want to invest behind those opportunities. Health, I think, like you said, with with COVID, um, I think it's really forced us to um, kind of focus on our health more and, and um, you know, grapple with our own mortality. And um, I think where it comes to elite fitness, where, you know, certain technologies and um, opportunities that were only available to elite athletes for, for a very long time are starting to kind of come downstream and become more available to just, you know, you and me, um, you know, things like tracking sleep cycles in Aura, which is a company in our portfolio, um, I think was just a, could be a foreign concept to us five or six years ago. So um, these are all sort of new areas of focus for Elysian Park. And um, we've, we've broadened our focus um, since we were founded in 2014. Yeah. And I think what you guys have done an amazing job of is really seeing the future, which is, I mean, ideally the what the job of every VC fund is or any sort of investor is to be predictive about it. But your hit rate has, has been really good. Um, Let's say, why is that? Can you break that down for me? What is your investment thesis or let's say your investment process? Like how do you, is it just always about the team? That's the main thing that you're looking at. Is it the core IP and where it comes from? Is it the, you know, blue ocean market opportunity? Because as you said, daily fantasy was was not a thing until it became a thing. Tracking sleep was not a thing until it became a thing. And these are, when I say became a thing, it became a thing that everybody does, right? So how do you, identify that or how what is the process that takes you there of course there's no um, set formula but i'm just curious to know why you guys have such a maybe a better hit rate than a lot of funds other funds that we know yeah first of all thank you for saying that i i think um there are a few pillars on which elysian was founded um which are all different ways um that we like to create early stage and venture style returns while stripping out conventional venture risk and we talk a lot about leveraging our platform to create unfair advantages uh, for the companies in which we in invest. Um, so as a result of that, um, try, like you said, to, to increase the hit rate um, by, by leveraging sort of access, insight, advantages um, across the, the platform. Um, our ownership group has a unique set of kind of assets um, within sports and Sorry, just, everything. Just we to stay on that. Sorry, Max, just to stay on that for a second, I don't want to ask too many questions that maybe you're not at liberty to disclose, 
But when you say platform, when you say access, are you talking about access to people or access to resources within the sports industry that helps these companies grow? Or is it access to smart capital that changes the vision, makes it bigger? Like what, how, how does it really work, I guess? Yeah, I think it, so it all starts with us being domain focused, right? Everything we do is sports. Um, we, we live, breathe, eat, sleep sports every single day. Um, so, you know, when, when you do that, it allows us to go very deep, you know, not, not maybe potentially not as wide, although it is pretty wide. If you think about sports, we go, you know, very deep and, and, and being domain focused, um, allows us to, you know, increase our hit rate or try and identify interesting opportunities, build, uh, theses in the, in the, um, in the industry, we're extremely thesis driven in, in the way that we invest. Um, and, you know, as it relates to your question about the platform, I think we, we've built a platform at Elysian Park that includes both, you know, direct investments, strategic operations, um, you know, wholly owned companies um, that um, that focus on, you know, marketing and creative website design, PR. Um, that's a, a firm called Robin. You mentioned, you know, Breakaway for performance science. Uh, Demand Analytics is a is a company that we um, that we've invested in that we refer to as a strategic platform for dynamic ticket pricing. So we, we built this kind of across Elysian Park in order to, and these strategic service platforms in order to service the companies in which we invest, um, which is a way to just create advantages for ourselves um, and for the companies in which we invest, you know, via the platform um, that, that we've, that we've created. So, uh, that's what I was referring to when I talk about um, just the access and the and the insight. We, we sort of domain focused, we're thesis driven, um, and we've built these strategic service platforms inside of Elysian Park, um, which is different than I think traditional you know VCs um, as a way to service the companies in our portfolio. And and by doing that, we I think we sort of pull out a lot of value um, that would have otherwise been lost. Fair. Good to hear. And I, I like the idea of kind of making those cross connections within your portfolio and seeing how it can, like what kind of synergies it creates. Um, you mentioned some companies already, and I've already mentioned some big successes that Elysian Park um, has managed to be a part of in those journeys. Um, let me ask you personally, has there been like a favorite deal or something that you've worked on yourself that, that you'd really like to point out and say, hey, that one is mine? <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't, um, you know, I think it's, it's a team effort, obviously. Um, and you know, it's just one thing that pops out, like our, our co-founder and managing partner, Colba and I always says like, we don't make trades. We don't make, you know, it's not, they're not deals, um, for us. So like I, that's sort of ingrained in, in my mind. It's like, these are, um, we, we build things. Um, so one of the things that come to mind is, um, a company called, Synergy Sports, which was formerly Atrium, which was an investment that we made in one of the early uh, accelerator programs that we ran, that we ran, um, and it was a, a you know half a million dollars small investment in a company called Key Motion, um, which turned into a company called Atrium Sports, which we basically you know built with um, Nick Maywald and, and a couple of our partners, um, in, and and um, offered them seed capital built it up in a way um, where they were self-sustainable and then 
acquired a company called Synergy Sports and then combined all the pieces and then sold it off to to Sport Radar, which is now a big public company in the sports data space. I think that was a two or three year um, journey that um, that was a really good opportunity for me and, and good experience and, and a perfect example of how we um, you know, walk before we run. It started with a very small investment, uh, turned into a big uh, M&A deal and um, a, another perfect example of how we how we built things as opposed to trade things. So um, I think I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. Nice. Good story. And you clearly, as you said, as you're building things, you're, you're helping the, the company that you're working with at various points on their on their journey as well. And I think that's clearly an advantage that you bring to the table. Um, I cannot have an investor on the show without asking about, let's say, and I think you already know, you're nodding, but what question I'm going to ask about the sentiment that there's a downturn in capital availability, there's downturn start, uh, sports tech startups, not just sports tech, but startups in general are struggling to raise money. I can uh, back that up with data um, that from November last year till February of this of this year, I think these have been the lowest months individually for sports tech um, by funding. I mean, this is, of course, we consider data once a deal has been publicly announced. Deals take a long time to get there. A lot of times deals get announced much later after they were completed. So that's that's different. But certainly these last three, four months have been really slow. At the same time, I talk about it. We did it in last month's newsletter that while this is happening simultaneously over the same three-month period, we've had so many new funds announce either their second round or their third corpus or whatever from Sapphire Sport, Courtside, KB Partners, yep. Will Ventures, um, and a bunch of others as well. So how, what is your take? How do you reconcile this duality that there is startups are complaining that there's no money and yet VCs are out there announcing big funds. So there is money, but it's not being deployed. What's, what's that all about from your perspective? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we think a lot about this um, for sure. I think, you know, w- one of the answers is just the timing component, right? Those those fundraises take, you know, in some cases years um, and they're they're um, they're just finishing now. And then it's coinciding with a market that is um, you know, a, bit, a little bit shaky at the moment, um, trying to find some footing. Um, so, you know, those funds are going to have to get deployed and, and they will, and, and there are still really good opportunities in the space. I think the threshold, um, for, for discipline and the threshold for, um, you know, um, companies really, uh, taking a, um, more conservative approach to investing and, and cash flow is, um, going to be really important, uh, during this phase. Um, but we look at it as, as look, there, there are, there are great companies that, that are still around, right? They're, they're in, in the, innovating in our key focus areas. And this is an opportunity to find them and, um, kind of support them and invest behind them. Even the ones inside our portfolio, um, that have capital needs and pick up share and, and do so in a way, um, um, that is attractive to us, right? The, the prices are coming under pressure. And, you know, instead of just watching and seeing what happens is, you know, another example of being thesis driven allows us to kind of double down on on our high conviction uh, companies and double down on our theses and, and pick up share in these companies um, that are innovating in our key focus areas so that in two or three years, we can kind of look back and say, um, 
you know, reevaluate our thesis and, and, and hopefully a lot of them have come to fruition. Um, that's what we had done over the last five years. It's kind of worked well for us so far. So um, we, we really look at this opportunity as an op- we look at this time period as an opportunity. Um, I think the funds that you mentioned um, probably, you know, they're going to have to deploy capital eventually. So I, I think that they're also looking for these opportunities. I think that the scrutiny has gone up. I think that we're, we're in a world that values cash flow above all else. So we got to be really particular about what we're investing into. Um, it's not just, you know, marketing, marketing, marketing. This is we got to see kind of strong LTV unit economics and kind of invest behind uh, growth there. So um, the opportunities are still there. It's just, you know, a little bit you know harder to find at the moment. But uh, we're, we're, we're paying close attention. And I think what the lesson to founders is also to play close pay close attention to the fundamentals um, to make sure that your baseline is good, your um, NPS scores are good, your customers are happy, the value that you derive from the customer, the CAC versus LTV equations, like basic stuff, like the most basic of basic rather, rather than getting into advanced metrics. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. Is it also fair to say then that for startup founders to understand that there is this is more a uh, a buyer's market than a seller's market, that valuations are not going to be at their peak levels as we have seen over the last couple of years, that um, maybe in the past investors have felt like they've overpaid and that has also brought about this correction. Um, it, it, and, and that's one thing that startup founders should be mindful of, that, that valuations have to be much more realistic. Yeah, I think what, you know, what, one thing we're seeing is... Um, you know, like you said, valuations come down. We've been a global investment firm since we started, and it's always been the case that I think venture and valuations in, in Europe and some parts of Australia have been um, a lot more realistic, uh, to, to yeah. use uh, a word that you just used, which I think is a good one, a lot more realistic. And, and we're just seeing, it's a cycle, right? We're seeing kind of the U.S. Um, now sort of catching up to, to that, and, and prices and valuations are becoming um, a lot more realistic. And, you know, I'm sure they'll go through another cycle where they become frothy again. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of work through those cycles with, with discipline, right? We don't, we're not momentum investors. We're not trying to kind of push capital into these big, you know, attractive, shiny opportunities um, as they come up. We're really trying to stay disciplined and, 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 and identify the really good uh, opportunities, like you said, where we're sort of back to fundamentals um, and with a clear path to profitability um, behind a real thesis that we've created in the space. And um, we'll continue to do that, you know, whether or not, you know, valuations are coming under pressure or whether or not, you know, the market swings again and, and things become expensive. So as long as we, you know, look at it through that lens, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think that's the important lesson to take away that investors are out there. There's money to be deployed. It's, it's not business as usual, but there is activity as usual. And it's not like anybody's gone anywhere. It's not like the sports tech space is going anywhere. We're here to stay and this is a long game. We just got to ride out this wave. 
Um, and if you're, a, I would just say like a really good point. I mean, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur in the space, if you're a company and, and this is kind of a difficult time, yes, we can kind of say, stay disciplined, focus on, on cash flow. And, you know, I think it's a hard decision to make when you sacrifice growth or for profitability and you, you might not necessarily want to do that. And, and those are tough board, you know, conversations that you have with your board. Um, but I think if you're, if you're an entrepreneur in the space, fo- focus on your customers, right? Don't use this opportunity as a way to just like increase prices, you know, with inflation and nickel and dime your customers. Like this is a time to like really hunker down and, um, and make sure that your customers, um, stay really sticky. Right. And that could be, right. you know, sacrificing maybe some, some revenue in, in the short term. But if you, if your product is extremely sticky and if you have a really good relationship with your customers and, and you can kind of increase in retention, then you can kind of find a way, um, if you can build that customer base, find a way to monetize that over time, you know, via the trust that you've built. Um, so, so I know this is a difficult time, you know, for everyone, but I think it's a, 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 a unique time to build a lot of trust and authenticity uh, with your customer base, um, despite that potentially hitting your top line in the short term. I think that's going to pay dividends in the long term. So invest in your customers during these, these time frames, I think. Yeah, I think Jeff Bezos is a cliche, but I think valuable lesson that at every meeting, at least for a number of years, apparently he used to do this, that every team meeting that Amazon had, there would be another chair, an empty chair sat next to him. And that was always the, the chair for the customer to make sure that that blank voice or there is a voice. I don't know, there's maybe a better euphemism or a bad joke in there somewhere. But uh, the idea that the customer has the seat at every table that you're conversing at, I think that's an important message to convey. Um, let's let's change gears a little bit. I want to talk about um, EP Golf Ventures, right? And I know that was a new initiative that you guys came up with last year, partnership with the PGA Tour. We've seen um, funds partner with leagues uh, or leagues getting more active. We've seen the NBA uh, now publicly taking equity positions in startups. We've seen the NFL do this with other funds in the past. Walk me through that thesis and how does that help? Is it does that mean, for example, that that fund is only focused on golf-based products or fan engagement for golf? Like everything is around centered purely on golf, or um, is is there more to it? Like, just walk me through that story a bit. Yeah, for for sure, it's it's something we're really excited about. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that everything we do was sort of uh, with the intention of stripping out conventional venture risk, but by preserving a lot of that venture return. And and one this is one example of that is is through structure, right? How do we create unfair advantages through structure? So this is an example of that. You know, golf is a big area of focus for us. It's it's a growing sport. The pandemic accelerated that. Um, but I think the um, the profile of customer is and has been very um, static over the last you know 50, 100 years. And there's a lot of opportunity to, to grow the sport. And PGA has a mission to PGA of America has a mission to grow that grow the sport. Uh, we have a mission to uh, grow the sport and, and create interesting investment opportunities uh, through technology and otherwise. So we've partnered with them. Um, to do that and invest behind some of these companies with with similar missions. Um, so yes, it is a golf fund. It's a fund to invest behind golf opportunities. But again, that you know, just like us, that could be broadly defined. It could be a company that's in, you know 
uh, innovating in weather. Um, and we can apply that to golf or a company um, with uh, biomechanic and, you know, AI biomechanic technology um, and, and vision, computer vision AI. And, and we can apply that to, um, to golf to create better form um, and prevent injuries. Um, so there are a lot of different interesting opportunities within golf or to take existing technologies and apply them to golf in order to grow the game. And by growing the game, increasing the size uh, of the pie within golf um, and, and invest behind those opportunities to, to create value. So I, I think this is a really good time to get in the space. Um, you know, obviously, we've been watching the news with Live Golf. It, it, it just, golf is just booming and uh, we're excited to, to, to participate. Yeah, you mentioned computer vision based AI um, for um, golf tracking. Um, we've seen, I think you've already made an investment or two. I think I saw Sportsbox uh, AI, which uh, does markerless, the markerless tracking. Um, there are quite a few players in this space. And I think is, golf is one of those sports where it takes to technology pretty easy. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of things, a lot of cool things that will come from that partnership. Um, looking forward, uh, 2023, uh, as we come out of this correction, I don't know, is there a horizon that you look at and say, okay, we're maybe another three, six months to it, or maybe it's to the end of the year. Um, and in that time, what is Elysian Park uh, up to? Like, what are your future plans? Uh, which direction do you as a fund head uh, as we uh, look at the rest of this year? Yeah, I, I think the, the this uh, phase of, of Elysian is, um, is exciting. And we know we mentioned Sports Plus the opportunities in, in health and culture. I think technology and commerce has been uh, an area that we've uh, participated in um, extensively over the last you know four or five years. I think health and culture is one that we're just starting um, to, to participate in. And we, we, we built a good sort of starting portfolio, but we have kind of visions to um, make potentially, you know, a more platform approach um, as opposed to kind of one-off point solutions. So we're, we're building interesting theses in these areas uh, within sports health and sports culture. And for 2023, for me personally, that's a, that's a big area of focus. Um, and I think we're, you know, for in a baseball game, we're in the second or third inning of, you know, in terms of like what these industries look like um, and how they interact with, you know, with, with sports more broadly. Um, you know, health has just become a, a massive buzzword, right? Health and wellness. Um, yeah. We've actually coined, you know, Pete Bastelica, a partner at the firm, has, has coined the term for us internally, what, what we call human awesomeness, right? You know, health and wellness can mean so many different things, but we're, we're trying to optimize human awesomeness. And there's so many ways for humans to be awesome. Um, and, and we really want to, and it's become more of a focus for these people to just quantify what awesomeness is. Um, and we were really fascinated by that, uh, you know, consumer behavior and, and we really want to start, you know, start to be leaders in this, in the space. So, um, that is a big area of focus for, for us for 2023 and beyond. And, uh, yeah, we, we're just getting started in this, in this area. I saw Fit Insider coined a term, um, which is kind of related. I think they call it the quantified athlete, which is basically, and athlete is not just professional, but basically every individual who's active and they have different devices and different ways in which they track uh, their body's performance in, from everything, from metabolic to sleep to whatever. Yeah. But I think I prefer human awesomeness, I have to say. that's a, It's a bit more fun, shall we say, than qualified athlete. All right. Yeah. 
It's great. I love it. I got to give credit to Pete on that one, but it's, it's, you know, <laughs> you have these buzz terms like health and wellness that are so overused. Um, yeah. so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fun one. Yeah. Human awesomeness brings a smile to my face. Um, Max, uh, so, okay. Uh, for any startup founder, if they want to reach out to you, where do they do that? LinkedIn, your email, something so you want to share your coordinates? Yeah, sure. So you can reach out to me at max at elysianpark.ventures. Um, anytime we'd love to hear from you if you're a startup or, or a, an, an investor in the space, you know, what I just encourage people is, you know, we talked a lot about sports and if you're listening to the show, you're probably a fan of sports, but you know, we, we are widening the lens on this. So, mm-hmm. um, if you're an investor or a company innovating in, in a space adjacent to sports, or if you can, or if you're trying to break into sports, you know, we always say at Elysian Park, um, you know, it's it's sports, um, you know, how you consume it, how you interact with it, um, but also how you define it. Right. Like we're changing how you define sports. And, you know, gaming is a perfect example of that. And I don't think anyone right. referred to video games as sports 10 years ago, but they do now. So so please just. Yeah. Um, if you're in and around the industry, please reach out anytime. And especially if you have a weather app, it sounds like uh, that seems to be a problem area that EP Golf Ventures <laughs> is looking for looking for somebody in. Uh, but yeah, more out, on Max, that soon. Max, more on that soon. Thanks, Max, for sharing your coordinates. Uh, as always, you can reach out to them. Uh, Elysian um, Ventures is the website, and Max gave us email Max at Elysian Ventures. All right, uh, my last question, Max, before we all go home. Um, well. I am not going anywhere. I'm just sitting in this hotel room. Uh, but my last question before we wrap it up is, uh, as you said, we're all sports fans here and love to be a part of this industry. So as a sports fan, I'm curious to know what has been your favorite sporting moment, either as a fan or one you've participated in yourself. Um, yeah, curious to hear. Um, as it relates to sports moments, I um, man, that's tough. I, I have a few. I think um, the one that stands out the most is Game 7, you know, it's probably, you know, given our affiliation with the Dodgers, it's going to be a controversial one. But uh, game seven of the 2003 ALCS, I think it was, is Yankees versus Red Sox. Um, I was young. I was like, a, you know, 12 or 13 at the time. And I was there with my dad. And um, that was one of those, you know, Aaron Boone hits the home run in the 11th inning, the walk off to beat the Red Sox in the, at the height of that rivalry. Uh, that was like one of those you know, defining moments for me in sports growing up. It, it helped me kind of fall in love with the with the sport and, and with sports more generally. So, you know, I probably wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for that moment. Um, so that's got to, you know, top the list as favorite sports moments. Fair play. I mean, if that's the one that brings you here, then, yeah, that's got to that's gotta top the list. Uh, good shout. Thanks so much for joining us, Max. Uh, look forward to hearing more from you and seeing all the great stuff that Elysian Park uh, continues to do. Maybe you'll find a way to, to do something together at some point. But until then, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. That's a wrap for another episode. All this month, we're bringing you a series of investors. It's a pretty stellar lineup of new and old funds um, and interesting people that I'll be talking to. So stay tuned for that. See you guys in a week. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. 
For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.